Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, Dustin Lunt here, your host, and next door, Jacob Trowbridge. How are you doing, sir? My co-host. I'm here. I'm here virtually once again. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm a here and a ghost, but um, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right, man. It was a long, long day as we talked before we hopped on the podcast here. But I'm excited to get into both aspects of our podcast. How are you? Ah, I'm doing fine. Um, ready for tomorrow to be Friday. Let's put it that way. For those of you that aren't aware of what day it is, you know, if you're in uh, sitting at home, self isolation, tomorrow is Friday from when we're well, recording the podcast. And I was going to say, what if they're listening to this on Sunday? That's really going to fuck them up. Well, at least they'll know when we're recording. So they got that. So this week, just the two of us, no special guests, which is all right. Um, just the two of us. But we decided to do a little bit of NFL draft talk here this week uh, since the draft starts next Thursday and kind of talk about where we see some of these rookies projected to go to, what teams they're going to, and then kind of talking about how we feel about uh, those destinations. So that's the episode in a nutshell. But We're first, giving our two cents on the upcoming rookies. That's right. Or, well, I mean, I don't even know if we have two cents to give on the rookies, let's be honest. We're giving our uh, one and a half cents on what we see being projected out there for the rookies. We are not rookie experts. I don't think I'm speaking. By no words. stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. But we still need to talk about it a little bit uh, in generalities. That's exactly right. We have things, we have aspects of this that we can absolutely dig into um, that will be useful information here mm -hmm. and just fun, just good old-fashioned fun. That's right. Whew. So, first things first, what are you drinking, Jake? Oh, yes, the question of all questions. I am drinking from Third Space Brewing. Uh, I am having a lovely, oh, that's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by the way. I'm having a lovely frog weiss, which is a fruited sour. Uh, the frog, from the name frog weiss, stands for fig, raspberry, orange, and ginger. So that's the combo huh. that I'm working with here. Interesting. Uh, yeah, the sour. It's It smells mostly just sour. It doesn't smell like any one of those individual things. It just smells sour. What are you drinking? I am drinking uh, a wit beer called Jiggy Wit It. Uh, from Working Draft Beer Company. Uh, I have a, a giant crawler of them. As I said before, it's as big as my head. Um, yeah. Having just having a real complex just looking at our two cans. <laughs> <up there. laughs> making me feel bad about myself. I also love that that's the second Will Smith reference of the podcast, and we're like two minutes in. Oh, it's terrific, isn't it? <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Uh, if later on, we'll probably talk about who's going to Miami. So three references oh absolutely yeah, I think we can do that um, I'm just gonna say so I've not had this uh, sour before but I've had third space a lot and I love third space and don't keep us waiting you know what that's the suspense of it all though it's just so exciting isn't it uh, it's ah, ah, I don't know this is not my favorite sour I'm just gonna say it. it's kettle sour brewed I don't know what that is either. They, they brew it in a kettle? Why would you do that? Uh, kettle sour is more of a quick souring method. 
where your traditional souring, like your lambics and, and your, your heartier sour beers, those are yeah. typically aged for like a year, two years, five years. Uh, this is more of a quick turnaround, a uh, few days time. Uh, well, okay, this one could have used a little bit more length, let's say it that way. That's what she said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you yeah. did me proud. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my beer, uh, it's just a typical wheat beer. It's 4%, very crushable, very easy drinking. Uh, doesn't have a lot of the wheat beer spice, the coriander, the orange that you typically have. Uh, but just a good, good crushable uh, summer drinker. Mine's 5%. I just want to say that because I still feel inferior based on the size of our beers. So I just want to put that out there. That mine is an extra percentage more alcohol in it. So that's that's what I'm standing You on. got that going for you. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Uh, let's move right into our... Drunk, 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 Hammer drunk, 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 trade of the week. So what do we got this week, Jake? This drunk trade of the week comes from at Andrew Hall FF on the Tweetster. He says he traded CMC, Jordan Reed, and Russell Gage for Miles Sanders, Nikhil Harry, and the 109. Now, he didn't give a timeline for this, but obviously we're looking at two rookies in Miles Sanders and Nikhil Harry. So it was within the last year. Uh, I would assume probably not super recent considering Jordan Reed is still in that trade, but uh, uh, some in the span of the year there. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it sounded great at the time, whilst tipsy, kudos, but woke up with a headache and a tinge of regret. Oof. Would you have more than a tinge of regret? Very much so. Oh, my <laughs> sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, that's Knowing that's what you can get for CMC these days. That's right. You certainly didn't take full advantage. No, I've seen uh, CMC going for easy three first round picks plus right now. Uh, yeah, so yeah, if that's... you added two extra firsts onto this trade, that would be about right. And all right, so I mean, let's look at it as a whole here. So Miles Sanders, good upside. He he showed off last year. So some people that's... think he has RB one capabilities yes i don't but some people do so so not a bad piece there Nikhil harry it was kind of a lost season for him um i don't know if he looked at giselle funny or something and tom didn't want to throw to him uh but he did pop off a little bit towards the end of the season there uh but you know he was essentially the 101 in many rookie drafts last year True. and then you're getting the 109 this year which in this draft class, you're probably going to get maybe not a super stud, but you're going to get a pretty darn good player. Uh, and obviously Harry and Sanders were both going in the first round. So essentially it's three first round picks, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Just basing it off of last year's. And do you think uh, you right. could get Miles Sanders for a first plus right now? Could you trade away Miles Sanders and get a first plus? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that would be a tall order. I don't know. Just I, asking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see how if my initial uh, thoughts on this trade were as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I think it's, it's worth noting that Miles Sanders in, I think it's, you know, regular leagues, 
uh, not Superflex or anything. I think you could get a mid to high first verb. Like, you're not going to get the 101 for Miles Sanders. No. You're probably not even going to get – I don't even think you could get the 103 for Miles Sanders. I was thinking more like 105, 106 range. I think that's fair. Um, I think for Nikhil Harry right now, you're not getting much of anything. I think you're you – can, I mean, you can probably get like a mid-second for him if people believe – uh, still believe in him because they're writing off his rookie season um, as, you know, a lost season for reasons that are not his fault, mm-hmm. which I think is fair. But I just, I've seen the hauls that people are getting for CMC these days. Oh, it's sick. And it's outrageous. It is. It, it is really outrageous. is. So in terms of like fair value, realistically, it's probably not as bad as it seems. At first blush, yeah. It's not as bad yes. as, you, as you first think, but... Yeah, it's still not great. Um, I mean, you would hope that you would get at least one stud piece back in in that trade, um, whether it's another you know running back or possibly like a one of the upper echelon wide receivers uh, to balance that out a little bit. But maybe maybe he just really believed in the rookies. Maybe he was in a full rebuild and wanted super young players. Who knows? Maybe CMC is his only real asset. I mean, if he's shipping off guys like Russell Gage and Jordan Reed, that's very possible. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. I and Speaking as uh, someone who is in a league with a person who is clutching so tightly to CMC and is regretting it because there's no other real pieces there uh, and they, they can't get rid of them for what they want, um, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough beans sometimes. So if this worked out for you, uh, great. I'm assuming that it did not. <laughs> That's why. He yeah, it's probably not the best, but not the worst though either. Yeah, yeah. I would rate this, uh, you know, a let's call it a ten pack of bush lights on our very scientific scale of how bad this trade was. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> Speaking of trades, um, my sleeper league that I am the biggest fan of which is Superflex League. Um, it's where our previous guests from last week and the week before, the league that they're in, John mm-hmm. Helmkamp and the Ball Blast Ladies, all in this league, uh, we had a solid stretch of about 15 days worth of trades. Nice. Even more than that. I think it was like 20 days straight of trades. It was amazing. That is amazing. Then it, but then it just stopped. It stopped last week and it fell apart. And as soon as that first day of no trades happened, then it was just a lull of no trades Mm -hmm. the excitement was gone (laughs) we lost the streak but uh stepmom lauren we can find on the twitter space at stepmom lauren lauren carpenter is uh in this league as well but she had been dormant in the trade she had not made a single trade until today and so she made a trade today which then kicked off a whole firestorm of other trades happening today and it was beautiful nice there's already been like three or four just in the span of about two hours nice got everybody so excited again so i'm curious to hear your thoughts on a couple of these trades i don't know if these were drunk trades or not i am assuming at least one of them probably was just knowing the people in this league so first one up here okay is uh, a trade for Cortland Sutton. Okay. Okay. So somebody gave up the 107 and a 2021st for Cortland Sutton. Whose side do you take on that one? So it's a 
So the 107 and a 2021 first. Um, I would probably take the picks. I really yeah, I like Cortland Sutton, okay. but um, you said this is super flex, right? Yep. Yeah, in a super flex league with the quarterbacks going early, uh, really good talent's going to get pushed down. So if you wanted to draft a wide receiver, chances are there's going to be a stud wide receiver there. Plus you're picking up an extra first next year in a class that's supposed to be just stacked with wide receivers. So I would go with the pick side. Agreed. I do like Cortland Sutton. I oh, I love him. him. Yeah, I think he's going to have a great season. I think he could be flirting with that uh, wide receiver one territory. Whoa. Okay, if he's flirting with wide receiver one territory, I'm taking him and not those picks because I want the bird in hand. I, I don't want then the chance that you get true. You know, a top twelve. I understand that. I, I said he could be flirting. Yeah. I didn't say he would be, but. I don't think he will be. I think he'll be closer to that mid-range wide receiver, too. Um, depends a lot on what happens with Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. He, he's still got plenty of targets with Drew. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they draft somebody. We'll probably Correct. talk about that in this episode. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it was a slight overpay for Cortland Sutton, but I didn't think it was outrageous. No, um, I, I feel like Cortland Sutton is definitely a first-plus right now. Yeah. Uh, Two firsts, you know, essentially might be a little, yeah, like you said, a slight overpay, but I don't think it's crazy either. Yeah. yeah. Especially I mean, if that person really liked Cortland Sutton, that was, you know, yes. that you really had to pry it away from you uh, to get him. I don't think that was that much of an overpay. That was Lauren's uh, guy that she went and got. So yeah. you got to get your guy, you got to pay for it. That's right. Time, so. That's yeah, right. I think that's- Here's a very underwhelming trade that followed. I think just to try and capitalize on the momentum, you know, <laughs> keep everybody interested. It was a straight-up trade of Duke Johnson for Gerald Everett. This is tight end premium, and it's very underwhelming. But mm-hmm. if you had to pick a side of that one, well, who was the first guy? It was Gerald Everett for who? Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. Yep. Now the second running back. Yeah, uh, I would probably go with Gerald Everett just with the way that the, the Rams offense was uh, kind of transitioning last season. Now I know you got Higby there, but Everett is the guy that they that uh, McVay drafted, actually. And Duke Johnson, he's essentially David Johnson light. So And he, he really didn't get used that much last year either. So I just don't he really ha- does not have a ton of fantasy value unless I'm sure the thought process was that, well, if David Johnson goes down, then hopefully he absorbs the work and right. banking on the injuries, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. I like Everett. He was the guy before Higby had to step in due to his injury. Right. So, and they, and they shipped off Brandon cooks mm-hmm. uh, to the Texans. Uh, and I like Josh Reynolds to step up, but I don't think it'll, they're going to rely so much. It's not a one-for-one exchange there with those two. (laughs) No. So they'll they'll bust out some more Mm -hmm. tight end sets, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like the upper side of that one, too. Um, All right, I've got a trade for you here. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So this is just just a one QB league. Um, So nothing nothing special. So it was Tyree Kill. I know. Tyree Kill on the one side for the 103 and the 209. Oh, Tyreek. And I hate that guy as just as a human, so I don't like having him on my teams, but absolutely Tyreek. Yeah, I feel like you could have gotten two firsts for him 
or you should be able yeah, to. First and a second round pick for Tyreek, and not even like the not even a super early pick. Well, it's if the one hundred three. Give me the one hundred one. Yeah, but if you give me. But yeah, in a one sorry, QB not, league, you're gonna get you know either you're not getting the first running back or wide receiver in the class. You're gonna get the second one. Probably. Not. So. Yeah, I I doubt. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on what everybody favors, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I just really want Tyreek there. And again, like with these rookies, they're not gonna probably jump in and be quite as effective in the first year. Just looking at what the off season looks to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, give me. I I've seen people um, getting like three firsts for Tyreek. Uh, oh. Not all super early, and not all this year, but me the reekster yeah which which it's interesting um the same guy that traded away tyreek he had offered me a trade for tyreek uh and revoked it right away so i didn't even get a chance to respond which was unfortunate but his offer to me was tyreek and he wanted from me cooper cup and the 112 i would be inclined to take the tyreek side of that i say but that's a lot closer than that's that's a lot closer than the the trade that was accepted though oh god yeah yeah not even not even close so you, uh, yeah compare the 103 in that second round pick to cooper cup uh, by himself is probably mm-hmm. even uh let alone the extra the extra piece so yeah uh that's too bad <laughs> it is person in that trade uh i had another one go down that is again this is super flex the person who made this trade trade and i won't call her out here um but i'll probably tag her on twitter after the fact um she really needed a qb i was gonna ship off russell wilson uh and try and get some assets back she was looking to move alvin Kamara, maybe some other things so i was going to do that but uh that that ultimately fell through unfortunately in favor of this hot garbage so let me know what you think about this Way to not now influence my uh, decision. Uh, it's a it's a 2021 first-round pick. So we don't know, obviously, what the true value of that is. Mm-hmm. Never really know. Uh, my assumption is it's going to be late-ish. Okay. So use that for what you will. But that, that one first-round pick for next year for Mitch Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, a 2021 second, and a 2021 third. It just feels bad to say all those things in the same sentence together. It does. It's all bad. All right, so this is this is super flex though. So potentially got two starting quarterbacks. Cool. Yeah, that's a I real said, iffy. Thing. I said potentially. <laughs> True. If they both do start. Right. Great. Which I don't think Trubisky will be starting the full season. Um if at all. Tyrod might be a different story depending on what the Chargers do in the draft. But, and then a second and a third. I mean, it's not, the whole thing is just kind of eh in my eyes. I feel like the person that got the, the, the 2021 first could have gotten a little bit more back considering it's a super flex league. Right. But the whole thing in general just turns my stomach. It's just gross. Yeah, I have to fall on the on the favor of the Trubisky Tyrod side, which is not something I ever dreamt of saying. No, well, especially because uh, you're getting picks on top of it too. So you're you're already getting exactly. players that you could turn around and trade later in the season if they do blow up. 
for One for more than you got. One interesting thing about those trades, at least, or about those picks at least, is those future picks are from the same team, so mm-hmm. you know they're going to be twelve spots apart. Right. So that's a lock, whatever it is. Right. So you just you just got to hope though that it's not the one oh two and the two oh two. Right. On those respective sides. But, right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Let's cleanse, cleanse our palate by moving into some some rookie draft. Yeah, games. let's do it. So, uh, into our, our main event here, talking about the NFL draft and uh, rookie landing spots, potentially. Um, just for reference, if you guys feel like following along here as you're listening, uh, we are using Bobby Sylvester's Mock Draft 4.0 uh, from Fantasy Pros as, as our guide. So, he did a three-round uh, draft with trades or potential trades um we will just be touching on where he has obviously the fantasy um you know related players and uh, we'll just kind of talk through what we think of those if we like it we don't and we'll get through the three yeah, rounds and talk about safeties no we're not talk about safeties and linebackers here that's that's not our game that's right we'll skip right over those Unless maybe it's a Packers related draft pick, then we might have to just discuss that briefly. <laughs> but we'll spend a half an hour on it. But um, yeah, so we'll just kind of go through this uh, player by player as we'll get through all three rounds and call her a night. How's that sound? I mean, it sounds lovely. All right. Let's, let's do some fucking diving. Let's dive in. All right. So, uh, number one overall, he has Joe Burrow going to the Bengals. Surprise. Yeah, I think that's pretty chalk at this point. I don't see Cincinnati uh, trading down. Uh, it seems like they're pretty locked into him. Is there anything to the rumor, do you think, about uh, potentially Joe not wanting to play for the Bengals and causing a bit of an Eli Manning-ish stink? I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Yeah, that's the only way that this would not go down this way. There's, there's just no way, unless the Bengals really fuck it up, and uh, they're like, you know what? Nah, we're gonna take Justin Herbert, right? Instead, just for fun. Yeah, but it's so if it's Joe to the Bengals, a, I guess, what do you, what do you do with with Joe in your QB rankings? Where would you place him, I guess? Um, I would probably place him mid RB, QB2, mid to, mid to late uh, QB2, uh, only because he's a rookie. I know he has you know some nice weapons there, uh, but their defense is not very good. They're going to be playing from behind. I don't know. I just don't think he could crack the top 12 in that first year. I think it would be tough. I got a little biased last night. I watched ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're playing some of the bigger games back, which is great. Way to go, ESPN, during this time of need to do that. But they played the LSU-Alabama game from last year, so I got to watch a little bit more of Burrow play, and it did sway me a little bit to think, maybe, maybe this guy could be a top-12 guy. I don't think it honestly happens, though. Because, A, I don't think that Andy Dalton was that bad of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, even so I don't think it's anything to do with him as much. And we talked about this a little bit last week with the ball glass girls on. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I think he'll be perfectly fine for mm-hmm. his first year. But I don't expect him to have, like, a Kyler Murray year. No, I don't either. 
And you know what? I'm I know everybody seems to think he's he's basically a lock to be this really great franchise quarterback, but he does only have that like one year of really good production. Uh so that does worry me because we've seen that from other uh, quarterbacks. So it, it worries me a little bit, but um, I, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's not going to be a Ryan Leaf, is he? That's not what you're suggesting. No, no, I was no. <laughs> All right, good. All right. So then next on, on the draft um, is the Los Angeles Chargers at number three. Uh, trading up from De- with Detroit uh, to go grab Tua. What would you think about that? I would I would love it if this actually happened. I would truly love it for Tua. And mm-hmm. I'd love it for the Chargers. I'd love it for my Keenan and Allen shares that I have. Uh, I'd get pretty excited about that entire offense. Mm-hmm. I don't see this as a real possibility. No offense to Bobby. I just don't see this as an actual possibility for them. Um, I would expect them maybe to wait. If they're going to do it, I don't think they would trade up. I think they might see, you know, if they could get a guy like, I don't know, from or somebody a little bit later. Because Tyrod is actually a decent quarterback. I feel Mm -hmm. that needs to be said for the NFL. He is a decent quarterback. He was stuck on a shit team for a very long time with the Bills. Still took him to the playoffs once. So I think they could actually ride him out for a year if they wanted to. But do you think, okay, let's say Tua does go to the Chargers, do you think that they would have him sit for a year behind Tyrod Taylor? What uh, possibility? I don't know that he would sit the entire year. I think it all depends on his injury. I know he says that he's been medically cleared, but is he just saying that right before the draft to get teams to draft him? I mean, he hasn't done a pro day you know, no one's seen him really work out live and in person. So I, I think he wouldn't start the year, but he would probably end the year starting. Uh, it, it would kind of be like Eli and, and uh, Daniel Jones last season type deal. Yeah, and just supposedly failed his, uh, his physical, right? Fairly recently, that was uh, the, the, the potential word that came out, whatever that leak was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a ton of validity to it. Right. Yeah, I don't uh, know either. Kind of interesting. And nobody can check on him now because of COVID. So uh, it's kind of a Cam Newton thing with him right now. We're like, nobody's really investing in him up front uh, mm-hmm. because of that. So it'll be, I don't know, it'll be interesting. What would you do with the, um, I don't know, what would you do with the wide receivers in, uh, in the Chargers if this happened? Um, for this year, they might get a slight downgrade only because, um, either with Tyrod, they would get a, a, a bit of a downgrade for me, but then coming in with a rookie quarterback as well. But then after the season moving forward, um, I think they would, they would get a bump up a bit, uh, just because they are so talented and two is very talented and accurate, which helps. So, yeah, long-term, I really like it, but in the short-term, they might take a little bit of a hit. That's fair. I think that's fair. I want Cam Newton to go to the Chargers. I don't want to go to the Chargers, uh, but I don't think that that will, that will happen either. So that was interesting. Yeah. All right, so then next fantasy-relevant player is going in number five to the Dolphins. It's Justin Herbert's 
quarterback out of Oregon. Now, I actually, if if Tua doesn't fall to number five to Miami, I think that this would be a good pick for them. Um, what do you think? Yeah, if Tua's not there, then I'm fine with it. I also think if Tua's not there, they should just wait and take a quarterback next year instead of going for a guy like, like Herbert. Um I want, here's what I want. I want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick for one more year, so it's kind of a little bit selfish of my part, <laughs> uh, because I want Devontae Parker to ball like he balled last year. I want Preston Williams to ball like he balled last year, and I don't think that Justin Herbert's going to allow for that. I think Fitzpatrick is about the only quarterback in the, the scheme of outcomes right now mm-hmm. that would allow those two to do uh, that level of damage for your fantasy team. So selfishly I I want Tua because there's a better chance that Tua sits this year on Miami right. than Herbert. If you draft Herbert you're just going to plug him in and, and start him and Most I likely. don't think it's going to end super well mm-hmm. so I, I, I would not love it <laughs> alright so we move on here and then we've got lots of O-linemen going alright so then we've got at number 12, the Las Vegas Raiders taking Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. Yee. Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas. What do you... I know that the Raiders need wide receiving help. They do. Pretty pretty badly. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they took multiple wide receivers this year. Um, do you assume that the first wide receiver they take off the board is I don't want to say going to be a stud for fantasy but has immediate fantasy let's say top 25 upside or not even that if they take him this high because they're going to be a high pick obviously um I think he could I mean Mariota is going to be starting partway through the season so uh, and he'll actually be healthy so I, I think he can chuck the ball no, all, all kidding can. aside, you know, Derek Carr, he he can throw the ball. I mean, he was having an MVP season, of, what, three years ago? I know it's been three years, but yeah. the Raiders have also been trash since then. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we never got to see what Antonio Brown could have done with the team and what he would have done with a true stud wide receiver uh, on the team, uh, which Jerry Judy very much would just walk in and be that alpha number one. Uh, where he would command all the targets. So I think it would be a good fit, and I, I think he could easily be a mid-range wide receiver too, uh, just right out of the gate. When's the last time the Raiders actually had, in your estimation, a stud wide receiver? I mean, because I know how you feel about Amari Cooper, and I don't think you think that Amari was necessarily that guy. He wasn't so there. I mean, he was back. the he was the you know number one on that team, but he, 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 I don't know. You know my feelings on him. He wasn't. He wasn't very consistent with the Raiders. Let's put it that way, uh, which made it hard to um, say he was that alpha wide receiver. I was just trying to bait you there. Let's bait you into talking shit about him. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's one of my favorite pastimes. 
quarantine or no quarantine, I need to hear you talk shit about Amari Cooper. Well, I will do that anytime. <laughs> because, uh, so, uh, Raiders currently, just looking at what their depth chart looks like, if mm-hmm. you can even call it a depth chart for their wide receiving group, it's so gnarly. Because Nelson Aguilar, right now, is their number two option. That's so gross. It is. So, yeah, I think to your point, because they're relying entirely on tight ends mm-hmm. right now. It's Darren Waller, uh, Foster Moreau, if he gets his health uh, together, then he's there. And I guess Jason Witten, if you want to consider him a receiving threat still at this point. So, yeah, it's all tight ends. So, by default, if Jerry Judy or a C.D. Lamb or whoever the top, whatever, whoever the, the Raiders feel is the top wide receiver mm-hmm. goes there, then I'm all of a sudden pretty goddamn excited for them. Yeah. All right, and then moving on, uh, the next pick, number 13, uh, he has San Francisco uh, trading up with Indianapolis to take Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. Uh, I hate this. So do I. I hate this idea. <laughs> For multiple reasons. One, uh, what, what, Yeah, I was going to say, what's your biggest beat? One, I... I they, they have young wide receivers, and granted, Emmanuel Sanders did help immensely last year when he came on, but they've they've already got such a young wide receiver core. Debo really came on. You got Jalen Hurd that was hurt on IR, which they took in the second round last year. You've got um, Dante Pettis, who could be a thing again. We don't know. And you've got George Kittle. Oh, stop it. So I, yeah. there, there's, there's already quite a few weapons there, and Ruggs is, is more of the speed guy running the nines, more of the uh, just run down the field real fast, which I don't know that they necessarily need that. So I just I don't know about this fit. And I know San Francisco doesn't have a lot of holes on their team right now, so maybe maybe they do focus in on the wide receiver, but I feel like they could still get a quality wide receiver in the second round if, if they really felt the need to trade as opposed to trading up into the first and grabbing that guy. Yeah, the trade up is what gets me there because they don't have holes. So I guess that you could look at it either way is, well, you trade up to just then try and get, you know, if they consider him to be falling at that point and you trade up to make sure you want to get him because you don't have, you can give up extra picks because you don't need as many picks. So right. I guess that's one way to look at it. But yeah, I, I would hate it because A, it would cut into Debo. It would cut into Jalen Hurd. It would make Hurd basically non-existent, in my opinion, for fantasy mm-hmm. um, at this point which sucks because I really want Jalen Hurd to be a thing and I want to see what he can do. That's right. He had the high draft draft capital last year. I would rather they drafted a running back at that spot than trade up for a running back than trade up for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. All right. So then with the next pick, 14, um, he has the Vikings trading with Tampa Bay to grab CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. I mean, this this would be a good move for the Vikings because they do need someone else opposite of Thielen, but they're also getting so old on defense and they've they've parted ways with a lot of pieces that I don't think they can afford to move up and just to grab a, a wide receiver. 
again, kind of goes back to what I said with the last pick. It's a deep class. They could probably grab someone in the second round that would still be very, very good and help their team. And it doesn't seem at this point that there's any illusion that the Vikings are a pass-first or pass-heavy team. So the need just doesn't seem to be be there. And that's easier to say from a fantasy perspective. But even from a real-life football perspective, yeah, you want the best players, but do you really need? Like you said, it's so deep. You shouldn't need to get a C.D. Lamb to do what you need to do with that team. Um, and... Yes, they traded away Diggs, so there has to be a replacement, and I don't know what the comps are for these guys. If if Lamb is considered to be the next Diggs, I don't know what I don't know how great of a route runner CD Lamb is. If he's like the elite of the elite or, or mm-hmm. what? But uh, yeah, I don't love to trade up here. I think you're right that they would probably take defense if he if this happens, and if they take a, a wide receiver super early like this, I'm still not gonna draft that wide receiver super high uh, because I think we saw what the ceiling is there basically with with Diggs and it's a mid-range RB or excuse me mid-range wide receiver too and that's fine but it's probably going to take some time to get up to that that point for a rookie anyways Mm -hmm. all right so then we move on uh next player off the board uh, for fantasy is at 21 to the Eagles and uh, we have Justin Jefferson a wide receiver out of LSU uh, I like this I think this is be a great landing spot the Eagles are in desperate desperate need of, of a wide receiver and it would make all my Carson Wentz shares very very happy <laughs> yeah I it's it's nice to see that uh, they took a wide receiver in this mock at the first round because it would be so disheartening for Eagles fans if they somehow did not do that I don't think there's any way they don't Mm -hmm. but if they didn't that would be fucking awful um I I don't know he seems to be more of the slot player from everything that I've read here so they need that but do they need it as much as a field stretcher Deshaun Jackson can't rely on him and they have both of their tight ends which they use so frequently mm-hmm. with goddard and Ertz. Ertz is getting up there in age i suppose though yeah but, i don't think they want to run a two tight end offense so that's the thing i think they want to be able to run the traditional you know three wide one tight end sets so yeah and if that's the case then then this is a great I, I, they're going to have to fill out <laughs> the core a lot more beyond Justin Jefferson, but it would be a nice start for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, then at number 24, uh, New Orleans Saints are taking Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State, wide receiver. Um, I don't know, seems like a little bit of a stretch, um, just because I haven't heard a lot about Ayuk, but we are getting towards the end of the first round. Uh, the Saints could use another wide receiver opposite of Michael Thomas, so uh, I get the the pick here, but I uh, can't say I know a ton about him. Uh, what do you think, Jake? Uh, I mean, I don't know a ton about Ayuk as a, as a player either, but just from looking at the Saints' needs, it would be a little interesting. It might borderline on overkill. Uh it's not that their shelves are overly stocked at wide receiver, but you did go ahead and trade for Emmanuel Sanders, 
the Saints are clearly in win-now mode. Mm, clearly. With, uh, with Breeze, obviously, here, going into what should be his last year before he heads into the uh, the broadcasting or the, the you know reporting booth, I guess. Um, but it's it would suck for fantasy. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. It would suck for fantasy because then I don't know what to do with Jared Cook anymore. I don't know how to value... Alvin Kamara as much anymore. I definitely don't know what to do with Emmanuel Sanders in that case. Mm-hmm. Nor do I know what to do with this rookie. Uh, nobody's value should be crushed by it. Like Kamara's value is not going to be crushed, right? By it, obviously, like it's but more it's, of the Emmanuel Sanders. You know, does Sanders keep keep Ayuk on the bench basically, or re- relate him to the to the third wide receiver? You know, in those sets. Or, or is it vice versa? You know, I think that's yeah. the big question. Yeah, and Breeze is just funneled to, you know, non-receivers for so long, besides Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, because they, he doesn't have <laughs> any other wide receivers. Since, like, Ted Ginn was healthy and, and crushing it back in, like, 2016, mm-hmm. he just hasn't had a second real receiving option that's not a tight end or a running back. So it would be great for Breeze, though. Yes, I agree. Um, all right, let's move on here. Uh, next at number 26, we have the Dolphins uh, moving up with uh, to, to 26 from Houston uh, to pick DeAndre Swift, first running back off the board from Georgia. I think it's a good fit. He's, you know, right up there with Jonathan Taylor is considered the number one running back in this draft class. They need a running back desperately on their team so wait wait now they have jordan howard how rude okay they need a pass catching running back (laughs) (laughs) uh and it you know it's it's definitely a need the dolphins are going to be a young team it's it's definitely gives them another weapon on offense which which you can't shake a stick at and that's you know someone that could definitely help uh, Fitzpatrick or whoever their quarterback is, if they actually have to respect the run game for the team and and not just focus on the wide receivers and and uh, just going back into pass coverage the whole time. Absolutely, you said it perfectly. I couldn't add a, a second onto that. Nice. Okay, and then. Um, then we've stop got stop off at Green Bay. You want to do a quick non-fantasy stop off at Green Bay? Sure, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> they they're projected to take uh, interior defensive lineman out of TCU, Ross Blacklock. I don't know. I, I I don't know who who he is. I haven't looked at any players outside of fantasy, so uh, I will assume this is a good pick. We do need some defensive line help. So I, I don't think that would be a bad pick. Especially in the interior. So exactly. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd be okay with it. Right. All right. So then at 31, um, the Steelers uh, trade with San Francisco to take Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Oof, that would be juicy. Uh, it would be weird, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> them um to trade up into that would would be crazy so obviously big bad 
is nearing the very end mm-hmm. of his shelf life. Uh, if honestly, if he hasn't already, and I know that's going to hurt some people's feelings out mm-hmm. there, but it's very possible. We haven't seen him after the injury, and the injuries have just been piling up that fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if Ben can complete, you know, a season or two, great. And then you can have a guy like Hertz who does seem to be projected to be a little bit more of a raw prospect. Um, that's at least just from what I've read. I don't know a ton about Jalen Hurts, um, aside from his stat lines, mm-hmm. which which are a lot of fun to look at, though. I will say looking at the, um, some of the stats that he was able to put up was nice. But, you know, uh, I don't know. Pittsburgh does need to look to the future, though. It's obvious that their quarterbacks that are currently on their roster, other than Big Ben, are not starting caliber even backup caliber quarterback. So they do need to look to the future, and and why not take Jalen here? Because can they use Jalen the way that you want him to be used, I guess, is my question. I think they, they can. They don't have somebody like that. They don't have a Lamar Jackson system. It'll have to be like the Ravens adjusted to Lamar. Right. So they could adjust with Jalen. Well, I think, I think that – I think that with what we've seen in the last few seasons uh, with offenses changing and with the success that the Ravens had of, of adjusting their their offense to the skill set of their quarterback, I think that's just the way the NFL is going. And if you're not able to adapt to just talented players, that you're going to fall behind. And I Steelers are a smart organization. I can't imagine that they, would, they wouldn't be able to utilize their the, – the, the talent on their team that division would be incredible mm-hmm. to watch by the way i would love nothing more than to watch the uh the steelers and ravens rival games at that point mm-hmm. absolutely all right and then with the last pick in the first round the chiefs are going to select clyde edwards hilaire running back out of lsu who would immediately in one quarterback leagues be the 101 of the draft He'd have to be. Yep. Uh, <laughs> if if you can believe that the Chiefs will take a running back this early, and it seems to be a lot of skepticism that they won't out there. I don't um, think they will, honestly. I don't necessarily agree with this pick. Um, not that they have a ton of holes on their team, but, I mean, look at look at their running backs, what they did last year. I mean – They filled in when they had to fill in. It's not like the running back is the focal point of their offense. It's definitely a nice piece to have. But I think since Kareem Hunt left, they've switched to having the burden more on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders than the running back. And, again, just having this fresh in my mind, because I watched that LSU-Bama game last night with CEH, as I'm going to call him, because it sounds as close to a WWF name as I can get here. CEH would be incredible because he's so close to being uh, a kind of slot usable guy too already. He's already got that pass catching profile Mm -hmm. that's so fantastic. And Patrick Mahomes does dump off the ball a ton. I think more than people realize he dumps off a lot. When he's not chucking it down the field, that's what he's doing. And so if you can get a guy like that in that backfield with that type of quarterback yeah i don't i don't know 
how many first round picks you would have to trade to get <laughs> that 101 mm-hmm. in this year's draft uh, based on that yeah I agree I I think it would be a wonderful landing spot I'd love the fit I just don't really see that happening all right so let's uh, move on here we'll kind of go a little bit quicker now that we're getting into the the second round here uh, but first uh, at 34 Indianapolis taking Jordan Love QB out of Utah State um, yeah I guess they do need a quarterback um, if, if they're not thinking that Rivers is going to play more than a couple of seasons they obviously don't trust Brissett to be their their, their guy moving forward so uh, at this point, why not grab grab another uh, quarterback? I think giving Rivers two seasons is very generous of you. I would be surprised if he lasts two more months. I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know, but just saying, that that would be the, the scenario. Give him time to develop underneath a established veteran. And you, let's be honest, there's worse guys you could learn from than Rivers. Very so. True. All right, and then next we've got Jalen Rager going to Jacksonville at number 42. How do you feel about that? Weird, right? Because, well, I don't know. I guess, though, they just have a lot of, uh, pardon the the pun here, the easy pun, but they have a lot of Jags uh, that are not DJ Chark. Correct. Um, D.D. Westbrook and Gang, I guess, let's say. All the players. Yeah, all the players we've been hoping would turn into fantasy assets just haven't stepped up or been able to stay healthy. Yeah. It would suck because he would eat into Chark's um, fantasy potential mm-hmm. maybe a little bit. But but I think nice it would de- it would definitely help uh, Gardner out, though, having another weapon out there. Oh, absolutely. Gardner or a quarterback that they pick up, which I still think that they might. Yeah, we'll see. All right, and then at 44, Indianapolis is on the board again, and they take Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. I guess that's fine. They could use someone opposite of uh, T.Y. Hilton. I know they have uh, – um, I'm blanking the, the rookie they drafted last year. Uh, Paris, Paris? Yes, Campbell. Paris Campbell, thank you. I know they have him. He was kind of lost last year, didn't see a lot, so maybe they don't believe in him and – uh, Mims would be a better fit for their team. I don't know, but they definitely could honest. use some help. Yeah, if he goes to Indy, uh, I'll say it. He would be an easy first round rookie pick. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in drafts. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, and then at forty six, we have Denver taking a wide receiver, T. Higgins, out of Clemson. I think that would be a good fit there. I do. Uh, like T. Higgins, and they definitely need help, uh, as we were talking about earlier, uh, that Denver definitely could use someone opposite of Cortland Sutton. So I think that'd be a fantastic tandem and another great weapon for uh, Drew Locke as he's progressing and and uh, developing as a quarterback. Yeah, and I think it would boost not only Locke's fantasy value, I think it would also boost Cortland Sutton's fantasy mm-hmm. value because he does need he does better with somebody else there. That's right. All right, and then next, the big one, the one we've all been waiting for. Well, you and I have been waiting for. uh, Number 47, Atlanta, taking Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin. Oh, baby. That would be... Uh, You don't like it? No! Why not? We have Todd Gurley there, and I know that he doesn't have uh, the most durability... Uh, you know, strength to him. He doesn't have the most durable knees right now. 
But I would hate because I want JT to step in and be the guy immediately. And this means that they wouldn't be, and that would help me out. I am curious, and I'm too lazy to look it up right now, but I'm curious to know what they actually signed Gurley for and what the guaranteed money is on his contract. Because if, if, say, Jonathan Taylor actually falls to them, what would stop them them from cutting Gurley if if he's not a big drain on their salary cap? What if they brought? What if they just brought Gurley in, and then all of a sudden they're in the draft, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we have this stud that just fell into our laps. We need to take him." I don't know. So it is only a one-year contract, right? With Gurley, um, and it looks like only five point five is guaranteed. Out of how much? What's the total value? Um, that's it. Oh, so it's just well, there's because there's a two million signing bonus that they already gave up, right? He would be. He would also be five point five in dead cap. All right, so he'd be so owed another five and a half he'd, million. He'd be staying, probably, but maybe he's just a backup then at that point. Oh God! I mean, I, who knows? <laughs> who knows? What a world we would live in if Todd Gurley was a backup to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, uh, I would actually kind of like that. Yeah. All right, and then uh, next at forty-eight, the Jets um, are. S- projected to take Lavishka Chenault, a wide receiver out of Colorado. They definitely need wide receiver help, so I don't hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Depth. They need a lot of wide receiver depth at that point. Rashad Perryman can't be your number one guy. Uh, it just can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can't happen. Neither can Jamison Crowder. So I yep. like it. All right. So then next at 55, we've got Baltimore selecting Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver out of Michigan. I don't know much about Peoples Jones, but Baltimore, I guess they could use more wide receiver help. I know they, they've selected a couple young guys last year. Maybe will uh, there maybe, would go your uh there would go every share of wide receiver that you have in Baltimore though. If they draft somebody in the second round, a second round wide receiver, well it's already such a high efficient offense and a low passing offense. And it was already tough to really trust Marquise Brown for me let alone anybody else there so now you toss him in the mix and that would i would just be out on wide receivers in baltimore yes i would too all right so then next at 58 we have tampa bay selecting kj hamler wide receiver out of penn state i don't know how i feel about this just because i I suppose they need a a true uh third wide receiver on their team Uh, do they you are insulting all of the believers in Scotty Scott. I'm a Justin Scott Watson Miller. believer. All right, I, I I don't I wouldn't like this just for that, but um, but I suppose if they don't see him at, or either one of those players as the true wide receiver three on the team, it makes sense. But I don't know. It doesn't doesn't do much for me though. Just because you know he's going to minimum be the third option on that team minimum. Yep, barring any sort of crazy injuries that pushes them in like right. Rashad Perryman. Yeah, rough. Okay, and then that's it for the second round, and we'll kind of blast through the third round here. Uh, number 66, we have Washington taking the first tight end, uh, Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Makes sense. They need a tight end. They haven't had a healthy one in how many years now? Um <laughs> And, yep. and if he's considered the best tight end on the board, then go for it. 
I mean, does he, nothing for me for fantasy purposes. But no, they do need one. I mean, maybe, maybe in a two tight end or like a tight end uh, premium league, he could do something just for the fact that you know he's going to be starting. Uh, and, and starting tight ends are worth something, but yeah, it doesn't do a lot for me. Let's be honest. If you've, if you've got a two-year taxi squad situation, that's a kind of guy that I would want to draft mm-hmm. to put him on there. That's right. Or just wait two years and then trade for him super cheap. Exactly. All right, and then at number sixty-seven, they have New England taking Jake Fromm, quarterback out of Georgia. Oh boy. Um, well, instantly, anybody who goes to New England and takes over the reins of Tom Brady is a top five quarterback all time <laughs> with Bill Belichick <laughs> there. So we don't even need to discuss it. He's your 101, uh, even in one QB leagues, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know they, they have to take someone just because they, they don't have a lot of depth right now for their quarterbacks. But it sounds like they're pretty high on Stidham uh, that they drafted last year. So I don't know that they would necessarily use a higher round pick on a quarterback. I don't know. I, this and might narrative here. I know this is all narrative, but I think Bill Belichick is too proud to take a quarterback this early um, after Tom Brady because I think that whole was it was it Tom or was it Bill? Uh, I think there's just a little bit something to that, and so I think we'll see. You know. A sixth, sixth round pick kind of situation again, mm-hmm. just so he can really prove that it was me, you guys. Right. I fucking did it. Right. Okay. And then next off the board at 73, Jacksonville. Uh, looks like they are projected to take Jacob Eason, quarterback out of Washington. Kind of like what we just said with New England. Jacksonville does need a backup quarterback since they traded away uh, Nick Foles. Could Eason compete? I don't know that this year he could compete with uh, the mustache, but um, moving forward, possibly. I, we, we all know that uh, Minshew was a six-round pick last year, so not a lot of draft capital. Obviously, Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick, so you know m- magic can happen uh, with the later-round picks, but it's not often that it does. So a third-round pick... He could compete with, with Minshew, though. I mean, it's not like he's going in and having to compete with Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. He, so it would be an interesting training camp to follow. Right, for sure. that that's a thing. For sure. Okay, and then number 75, Indianapolis is taking Hunter Bryant, tight end from Washington. I don't know. It doesn't do much for me. I know Hunter is considered one of the better prospects in this draft, which isn't saying a lot uh, just because this tight end class is very weak. But, um, you know, they got rid of Ebron. They need someone else on the team. I know all the Mo Alley Cox fans will be very disappointed to hear this, but let's be honest, he hasn't been able to get on the field yet all that much. So I don't know if they think he's a long-term answer. So they, they need someone. Agreed. Agreed. But, yeah, rookie tight ends this year more than ever. Gross. Mm-hmm. And then the very next pick, Tampa Bay getting their running back, taking J.K. Dobbins, running I mean, back out of Ohio State. I would absolutely love this. 
Yes. Uh, because obviously they have no running back that is trust trustworthy enough to really carry the load. Sorry, Ronald Jones believers, that's that's fully out. Um, and so whoever they take, and especially somebody with this high of draft capital, which for running backs it would be, I mean a third round running mm-hmm. back um, is still substantial, then I'd be super into J.K. Dobbins. Yes, I would too. I think that would be a great landing spot for him, and uh, he would definitely be one of the top picks in the rookie draft this year. All right, then next at uh, number 80, we've got the Rams taking a running back, Cam Akers, out of Florida State. Makes sense. They just got rid of Gurley. I've I've questioned whether uh, Darrell Henderson is the real deal. I kind of flip-flop back and forth, I'm not going to lie. If if he just needed a year to, to, to get comfortable in the league, I don't know what happened. I know we talked about it a little bit the last couple weeks. Um, with our guests, so we don't need to dive into it too much from that point. But they do need another running back on their team, so I, I can see the pick here. It would make me a little nervous to to really go all in on either Henderson or Acres in this situation. Um, the worst case scenario would be some sort of timeshare, which isn't traditional for the Rams to do, at least um, you know recently. But mm-hmm. uh, it'd be nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. All right, and then next we've got 82, Dallas taking tight end Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. Seems like more of a no. depth. I want Blake Jarwin to be a thing. God damn it. I, will, I want nothing more in my bones than for Blake Jarwin to this year be a thing on Dallas as the guy. I need it. I want it. So get this shit out of here. I want him <laughs> to be a thing too, about. believe me. But uh, they do need a tight end since Witten is gone. You know why not? Why not pick up one of the better uh, tight ends in the draft? And then next at eighty-four, we've got Brian Edwards, wide receiver out of South Carolina, getting taken by the Rams. I guess that makes sense as they just got rid of uh, Brandon Cook, so they need someone to replace him. Third-round pick though, decent draft capital, uh, still a very good wide receiver. I don't know. That would be farewell to Josh Reynolds, I think. For your, if you're hoping for Josh Reynolds to be something of a sleeper this year, that would uh, that would kind of kick him out the door. That's right. Um, the only thing that you would have to hope for is that Edwards, not hope for, but you know Edwards' injury, uh, where he was in that walking boot uh, and he had uh, a fracture that he was recovering from, so that uh, might make for a slower start. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense for him to go to some place that already has depth. Mm-hmm. All right, then next we've got Buffalo taking Anthony McFarland, running back out of Maryland. Uh, it's a little worrisome to see that uh, third-round pick here. Uh, all the Singletary shares would definitely plummet. All the Singletary. All the Singletary. All the Singletary. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Am I the only fucking person who heard the Beyonce song as soon as you said that? I hope not. I hope not, too. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I don't know if it would just be more of a depth piece at this point. But, again, late third round, that's nothing to sneeze at as far as draft capital goes. But they can do well. Buffalo can handle um, two running backs and still get decent usage. You saw it with their insistence on featuring Frank Gore. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be great. Like, you want 
you want Singletary to be a running back, you know, high running back too, and this would yep. cap him for sure. Exactly. And then next we've got Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver out of USC, going to New England. Love it. Yeah, New England definitely needs wide receiver help, or depth, I should say. So, yeah, seems like a good fit. And then next we've got New Orleans drafting a quarterback, James Morgan out of Florida International. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about Yeah, this. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard much about him, to be honest. And I don't know, it seems like a stretch to draft the, what is this, like the sixth quarterback off the board at this point in the middle of the third round. Just doesn't seem like something the Saints would do. But I think it'll fall. Yeah, I think if anything, they're going to look to trade for Breeze's replacement with a younger available asset, like maybe an Andy Dalton or something like that, rather than go this route for it. Right. And spoiler alert, I don't know about you, I have nothing to say about the three tight ends that are coming off the board next. <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but we'll go through them. Uh, next, we've got Houston drafting Adam Troutman, tight end out of Dayton. They could use tight end help there, so not a huge surprise. At 92, for some reason, we've got Baltimore drafting Thaddeus Moss, tight end out of LSU. Why? <laughs> well, they just traded away one of their tight ends, so they definitely need, need a replacement for that. So uh, that Not makes excited. sense from that point, I guess. Uh, and it just wouldn't be a draft without Baltimore taking a high uh, tight end. <laughs> and then uh, right after that, we've got Tennessee drafting Harrison Bryant, uh, tight end out of Florida Atlantic, which... Delaney Walker being gone, they could use another tight end there. Uh, just more of a depth backup piece. Sure. But again, Here's he's... What I want to talk about. We would need to talk about this next one. I know. Oh, and I didn't even see which team it was for, so this makes I me know. even happier. Uh, so at 94, they've got Green Bay taking Tyler Johnson, a wide receiver out of Minnesota. Um, I would actually really like this. Really like this. After watching him play, obviously Big Ten uh, uh, wide receiver, um, He's fallen in this draft for some reason. Uh, no one, you know, from any of the experts that I've listened to seem to know why he's fallen out of favor for NFL teams. But had he come out last year for his junior year, they were saying he could have been a first round prospect. So I don't know I don't I don't know what would have happened there. But if if they were saying that last year that talent doesn't go anywhere. So I would really, actually really like this for the Packers. I do wish they would take somebody with a little bit more speed, though. It doesn't seem like he's a speedster. Am I crazy? No, no, I think you're definitely right there. I mean, he's got speed, but he's not that take-the-top-off speed. Mm -hmm. Which is what I would really like to see. That's mm -hmm. If I... If we could get one of these guys, I would I wouldn't sneeze at Tyler Johnson. I think it'd be great to have somebody of his caliber on the team, regardless. We need the help. Let's be honest. But uh, it would, and who knows? Maybe we could still have some of that deep speed threat available in the next round. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, and then we've got New England taking a tight end, um, Albert. And he's going to be the next Gronk. Of course. Uh, I'll, I'll butcher this last name, but I'll still try it. Akunga Wamagagaman, uh, tight end out of Missouri. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Albert, that if you're listening that I did uh, butcher your name. Uh, but, yes, we'll be the next Gronk, obviously, because he's a tight end going to New England. No. <laughs> no. No. Albert O. 
Um, I'm sure it could be great for the real football team. Right. I actually have seen him being considered amongst the top three at the position, hmm. so it'd be, it's interesting that he fell this far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to avoid it. All right, and then we're down to our last two here uh, going through the third round. So uh, at, at the pick 101, Seattle taking a Wisconsin boy, uh, Quintez Cephas. I'm excited for Quintez. It's Quintez seems to be going up draft boards. Yes, his stock has definitely been going up over the last week or so, which makes me very happy because um, he just he's not super flashy, but he always seems to get open and he always seems to make the plays. He's just good at everything. Mm-hmm. But he's not super great at any one thing. He's right. Good at everything. Yeah, that's right. So uh, whatever team drafts him, I think is just going to get a steal. Uh, and have him going in the, in the late third, I think uh, I, he he could actually move up between now and then too, and go go a little bit earlier than this. Wouldn't surprise me. Agreed. Agreed. All right, and then the last uh, fantasy asset here going in the third round uh, to Pittsburgh, Darrington Evans, running back out of Appalachian State. Uh, I honestly don't know anything about him. He's has hasn't been talked about, obviously with the all the elite assets in this. Uh, draft class so um they could use a running back though obviously with uh all their running backs constantly getting hurt so i don't hate it but i just don't know much about him he's apparently he's a very fast guy from what i've seen i know very very little but he is a, a really fast guy so um, would be interesting to mix in some speed to that backfield i don't know if they have a lot of it right now and obviously they got injuries in the backfield so Anybody who gets taken there this early deserves some fantasy consideration. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that uh, ends our talk of our NFL rookies for this year. Uh, made it through three rounds, so that's not uh, not too bad. Which is good because we were kind of getting to the point where I didn't know much about any of the uh, – <laughs> the, the rookies here uh, past that. So, um, and let's be honest, we got to that point about 15 minutes in for me. But I just, <laughs> I just kept talking anyways. Well, you sounded good. Don't don't <laughs> don't let people uh, don't let people know that. Don't pull the curtain back. That no, point. no. But uh, any last things you want to talk about here, Jake? Before we sign off? No. Just hope that everybody's out there keeping their sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping to get some NFL news about uh, some timelines that we could expect, but nothing so far. So hopefully we get some news in the coming weeks that we can talk about and enliven everybody's fears a little bit. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, big thank you to all the doctors, nurses, the medical staff that are out there on the front lines doing the uh, doing the really good work out there, putting themselves at risk every day. Uh, my big thanks to you guys, because without you, we'd really, really be screwed right now. Uh, um, and hopefully we're here just to give you a little uh, reprieve from the, the day-to-day work that you're doing. So uh, that's all we're really hoping for is, is a little entertainment here in your, in your earballs. 100%. We are sitting here being just stupid dum-dums. Uh, so major props to the people who are doing the real work. That's right. That's right. So as always, folks, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. And if we're not, shoot us a DM on Twitter, at Drinking Fantasy, and we will definitely uh, take care of that for you. Also, 
I know Jake put out the uh, tweet earlier today that with the quarantine and self-isolation going on, there's got to be plenty of drunk trades uh, happening right now. So please slide into our DMs. Let us know what those are because we will be talking about those on upcoming episodes and we would love to hear about them. Uh, so you can find me at FFDustyDog on Twitter. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge and you can find us at Drinking Fantasy. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.